Have you always wanted to have a program on the radio? If you can talk on the phone, you can have your very own program on Holy Ghost Radio 2. You can produce your program or we can help you produce it. For more information, tap on the ad panel on our app or contact us through our website, www.holyghostradio.com. The following program is brought to you by an independent producer. The opinions expressed on the program do not necessarily reflect those of the staff, management, or ownership of Holy Ghost Radio. Spoken by the prophet Joel. This is it. Spoken by the prophet Joel. In the last days, I pour out my spirit. Say the
saved a wretch like me, singing of amazing grace. Was lost, now found, singing of amazing, singing of amazing, singing of amazing grace. How sweet the sound, singing of amazing grace. Saved a wretch like me, singing of amazing grace. Was lost, now found, singing of amazing, singing of amazing, singing of amazing grace. Hey everybody, Pastor Bob the Tell It Like It Is Radio Show. My guitar sounds good to me tonight. And that's because of oh, the fans in the studio. Let's see, we got Connor, Joe, JC, Chris, and Tim. We got in the studio. And Seth, we've got in the studio tonight. So they're all saying nice things about my guitar playing, or at least Joe did. None of the rest of them. Chris is being a smart aleck like he always is. Before we get into the broadcast, you're listening to the Tell It Like It Is radio show, Pastor Bob. I'm gonna, if it's okay, if I can just indulge you a little bit, I'm going to just, or you indulge me or whatever. I'm going to play a little song I wrote years ago, and I haven't played it for a long time, so... Hero Israel, the Lord our God is one. No other God but He. He is the Lord, and there's none beside Him. It was He who went to Calvary. name is Jesus. All God's fullness dwells in Him. His name is Jesus. He's the one who saved me from my sin. His name shall be called Wonderful Counselor, Everlasting Father, Mighty God. He said, when you've seen me, you've seen the Father, and I and my Father are one. His name is Jesus All God's fullness dwells in Him. His name is Jesus. And He's the one who saved me from my sin. His name is Jesus. His name is Jesus. Neither is there salvation in any other name. For there's none other name whereby we must be saved. At the name of Jesus every knee shall bow. And at the name of Jesus every tongue confess. That Jesus Christ 
is Lord. There is one God, and Jesus, you're the one. This is the Tell Like It Is radio show, and I do believe that, and it is good to have you with us tonight. Uh, we're going to uh, be looking at a scripture in John chapter 17, if you've got your Bible, and uh, I might get into that just right away, and uh, Seth is anxiously going to try to play some music tonight, and he always does such a great job over there. But I want to just turn your attention to John chapter 17, verses 17 through 21, and, and, and as we didn't say tonight, uh, if you're listening... Text me, 701-290-7862. You're listening to a live broadcast, and you can be part of that broadcast right now, unless you're listening to this on a podcast later. But it is live, and so we want you to text. I, one of my, my good friends, Pastor Chuppy from our Bismarck Church, said we need to announce that it's Dickinson, North Dakota. He said because there's we say Dickinson like everybody knows where this is, but there's a Dickinson, Texas. There's probably a Dickinson in Pompeii or in China or someplace too. So, But anyway, the um, this is Dickinson, North Dakota, and we are broadcasting live. It's called the Tell It Like It Is radio show. Of course, you that are listening locally here on the AM station, uh, know that we're from Dickinson, North Dakota, because I know so many of you over the years. Uh, we've lived here in Dickinson now for 28 years, and um, and so we're just made the acquaintance of many of you. Many of you know me from even our business, Simon's Homes. We do the siding, windows, roofing, and gutters. Hey, do I have to pay for that? The um, anyway, we do that, and um, so that's when we moved to town. We started the church here, and um, and I am a carpenter. It seemed like there was a, a really famous minister preacher that was a carpenter. Connor, what was his name? What was that famous preacher that was a carpenter? Hmm. Jesus, there we go. Okay. John chapter 17, verse 17. Jesus said, Sanctify them through thy truth. Thy word is truth. As thou hast sent me into the world, even so have I also sent them into the world. And for their sakes I sanctify myself, that they also might be sanctified through the truth. Neither pray I for these alone, but for them that also which shall believe on me through their word, that they all may be one, as thou, Father, art in me, and I in thee, that they also might may be one in us, that the world may believe that thou hast sent me. And so we're going to start here tonight. This verse was kind of opened up to me, my understanding, just a couple of weeks ago. I guess I always thought Jesus was praying for his 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 disciples um, to be one, like we wouldn't be in arguments with each other. We'd be one, and certainly one around the word of God, not just throw away our differences. But this uh, this verse was open to me here a uh, couple weeks ago. I was listening to a man named David Bernard do some teaching on this, and he said, "Read it over, or read it here." He, in my mind, I heard him say, "Read it carefully." And I want to just look at verses twenty and twenty one. Jesus was praying for his disciples, and this is what he said. Neither pray I for these alone, like not for Peter, Paul, or Peter, James, John, you know, Judas, uh, Matthew, you know, not just for these alone. He said, but I pray for all of them that, that, that believe on me through their word. And so that's us. So Jesus was saying, I'm not just praying for you guys that are here, but I'm praying for all of the people that are going to believe on me through your word. Of course, through their word, we have it in the Bible. Their, their word, the apostles wrote down. <coughs> um, much of the New Testament was written by the apostles, and, and uh, even Paul, who became really an apostle later, I could say it that way, he had his own experience with Jesus. But And then Jesus said his prayer was that we would all be one, um, 
that we would be one. So what does that mean, that we today would be one in what we believe as the apostles believed? The original apostles and those who believe on their word, that we would be one. And so this is what I want to do the broadcast today about the basis of fellowship with Jesus is truth. And this truth that we believe is the truth of the apostles. Uh, and we are, we are, um, there's gonna, this program tonight's gonna deal with a little bit of church history. It's gonna deal a little bit with the Reformation. It's gonna deal a little bit with, um, uh, traditions that have come against the truth in God's Word. And so tonight, text me 701-290-7862 or also email me if you, if you're out of the country, robertsimons58 at gmail.com. Some magazine might say she's lazy, but I got some words that I like to speak. If the world had a mama like mine, there'd be no more hate and love all the time, man. There'd be no kids sleeping in our streets. If the world had a mama like mine, there'd be a lot more dancing, a lot more laughing, and abortion would be a Love our neighbor like 
like we love ourselves If the world had a mama like mine We'd love one another We wouldn't see color And the Bible wouldn't collect dust upon our shelves If the world had a mama like mine whoa, whoa. If the world had a mama like Hey everybody, Pastor Bob, Tell It Like It Is radio show, good to be back with you. Uh, that was a song by Court Chavis, uh, he's a Pentecostal singer and he wrote a song about his mama, I thought that was pretty nice. We're talking tonight about, and I want to just do it, boy, a lot of people texting me tonight, and I'm not going to mention all of them, but it's good to have um, people from um, from Beulah listening, from Arizona listening, Sarah Benoin down there, we've got um, the Schulers from Grafton listening, uh, the uh, Amy and Tammy from Minot listening. We have the uh, Sobergs, did I say, from Harvey listening. And hello to the Thurstons in uh, Sioux Falls, South Dakota listening. And these are some very good people. And the Walters, of course, my pastor, Pastor Walters and his wife, uh, very great great people in my life. Well, Thurston's also very great people in my life. They've impacted me, and I'm glad that they're listening tonight. And I want to just give a little honor to them. We're talking about tonight in John chapter 17, where Jesus said, Father, let them all be one. And what, oh, hello to Stormy out in the Philippines, too. Good to have Stormy listening tonight. He he emailed me. Good to have him. And there's just other people, and I may get to you in another break. But when Jesus said that he wanted us to be one with uh, uh, with the disciples, with the apostles, he wants us to be one. He wants us to believe what they believed. And, of course, this is not difficult because we have it all in the Word of God. And so my my goal, my desire, my plan, the reason we moved to Dickinson, North Dakota, was because we uh, we wanted to start a church where we believed what the apostles believed. We patterned our church after the book of Acts, and we, uh, and we, we uh, believe in the same message of salvation that they taught and preached. Of course, um, found in a like in a little nutshell in Acts two thirty eight, where Peter said, "Repent and be baptized, every one of you, in the name of Jesus Christ, for the remission of sins, and you shall receive the gift of the Holy Ghost." Uh, we believe that we believe in um, in keeping ourselves pure from this world, and and uh, just like the Scripture teaches, like the apostles believed, we believe in the signs and wonders of the Bible. We believe, of course, the baptism of the Holy Spirit. Uh, with the evidence of speaking in tongues, just like on the day of Pentecost and throughout the book of Acts. These are the things we believe. We baptize in the name of Jesus Christ for the remission of sins in fulfillment of Jesus' command in Matthew twenty-eight nineteen, where he said, baptizing them in the name of the Father and of the Son and of the Holy Ghost. And, of course, the name is Jesus Christ. That's why the apostles all baptized in the name of Jesus. There was no contradiction between Matthew twenty-eight nineteen and what, the book of Acts teaches. We believe all those things. And so when Jesus prayed the prayer that he wanted the disciples that that us that learned, that believed on him through the word of the apostles, to, to be in oneness with the apostles. This is this is the reason that we exist as apostolic Pentecostal people. This is what we this is what we do. Our goal, our reasoning is we don't want to trace our roots back to a creed or a um, church council or 
or some um, uh, reformer, but we want to be restored back to the original gospel that that was found in the in the in the scripture. And so, what kind of things are there that would hinder us from this? You know, there there is there are there are two things that I'm going to mention tonight, and, and this is where we're going to get into maybe possibly a little church history and different things. But there are two things that can hinder sincere people from hearing the voice of Jesus. Now, as I said, the basis of fellowship with Jesus is truth. It's not sincerity. Sincerity is very important, and maybe we could do a broadcast on that some other time. But truth is the basis of fellowship with Jesus. It's the very basis, is truth. And so what would keep sincere people from hearing the voice of Jesus and being in true fellowship with him. Well, there are two things that I want to mention tonight. And here again, if you want to be part of the program and, and maybe add into what we're talking about, text me, 701-290-7862. But number one I want to talk about is tradition. Tradition can get in the way of, of our belief in the apostolic truth. Tradition is such an interesting thing because tradition... It's kind of like if you ever cut a set of steps before. I'm a carpenter, and I've built, I guess, a lot of different uh, stair jacks in my life, or the, or the, you know, the steps that you you make for your stairs that you screw your treads on and your and your uh, risers on. And the trick to that is, you know, you use a carpenter square and you make your first one, and then you take that pattern and you use that pattern to make the the rest of them. Like, uh, you know, on, a, on certain steps you can get by with three. You know, usually four of those stair jacks you need to build any type of step. And then, but sometimes if you're on a six-foot step, you're going to need more. You're going to, you know, you'll need more of those. You'll, and so you, but you don't keep cutting the, okay, you, you cut the first one, the pattern. And then after that, you use the pattern to, to pencil out your, your, the rest of them. You use it as a guide. But the mistake that some people can make is that, that instead of using and going back to the pattern every time, they, they take the next one that's cut, use that as a pattern, take the next one that's cut, use that as a pattern, and pretty soon you're cutting stair jacks that really are way off from the original. That's what tradition does. Tradition doesn't go back to the original pattern. Tradition goes back to a to what your mom and dad thought. Uh, tradition goes back to what you you know what your what your grandparents thought. Uh, tradition goes back to uh, maybe uh, there was a um, um, a national religion in Norway. Say the Lutheran Church was the national religion of Norway, still is. Um, and so you maybe you go back to that. You you tell me you're a Lutheran, but you see I, I wouldn't care about that. It wouldn't bother me if. Being a Lutheran was the same thing as as going back to the original pattern that was set by the apostles. Jesus seemed to be very harsh on tradition. You know, he uh, Jesus in one place told the Pharisees, he said, your traditions have made the word of God or the commandments of God of none effect. He said, your traditions have, in this particular instance, he was talking about as they were trying to get around taking care of their old parents. And Jesus said, your traditions have taken the word of God and made it of none effect because you put your traditions on the same elevation as the commandments of God. Uh, Jesus, in Luke chapter 9 and verse 59, he told a man, follow me. But this man said, Lord, suffer me first to go and bury my father. Jesus said in verse 60, let the dead bury their dead, 
but go thou and preach the kingdom of God. And then Jesus goes on to say in verse 61 in this same verse, And another also said, Lord, I will follow thee, but let me go and bid farewell to them which are at home at my house. And Jesus said unto him, No man, having put his hand to the plow and looking back, is fit for the kingdom of God. Now, I hope you understand that Jesus is not against us being respectful to our parents or saying goodbye to people that we're leaving. That's not his point. I know it's not because there's just too many other verses that teach, honor your father and mother and so on. But what Jesus was saying, when it comes to following me, you can't let anything get in the way. There are, uh, it's been so interesting in our church here in Dickinson, North Dakota, the, the, uh, the, uh, amount of Amish people that have come through here. And it's just been a really neat revival. And, uh, now, of course, uh, some of them have moved back to Pennsylvania to start a church. They're listening tonight. Uh, Jake, when you said we are going to pick up another Amish guy, and I don't know who we are. Is that you and Anna? I'm not sure who, who that is that, or is it your brother-in-law? I'm, I'm not sure. But the, um, but, you know, it's, it's really interesting to me, but these men and women that grew up Amish know exactly what Jesus is talking about here. I mean, they know exactly. They had to make a decision. This is not ever so drastic. Uh, as it was with them, um, when my wife left the Catholic Church and her grandparents disowned her, that was a very hard thing for her. It really, really was. But but this Amish thing, where you can't even really come back and visit anymore, or any of those things, that's a that's that's a terrible thing. It it really is. And and see, but this is exactly what Jesus said. I didn't come to bring, bring peace to this world, but a sword. There's going to be times that the gospel will even split up very families. And the reason for that is Jesus didn't want tradition to trump truth. Truth trumps tradition every time. There's nothing wrong with family traditions. There's nothing wrong with national traditions. There isn't anything wrong with, on the 4th of July, shooting fireworks. That's a, that's a national tradition. There's nothing wrong with that. There's nothing wrong with uh, New Year's Eve traditions. There's nothing wrong with some of the holidays that we've made. Some of the holidays we have, we base them on Christianity, but they're not really Christian holidays. But even that, there's nothing wrong with the tradition, you know, to have, you know, have your Easter meal and, and all these things. But what is wrong is when tradition tells you what to believe and even to minimize what the Scripture teaches. And that's why, kind of in this first segment, I'm telling you that Jesus' prayer, that he wanted us to be one with the beliefs of the apostles, we've got to be careful that we don't let tradition get in the way of that. Uh, tradition... Uh, Peter said in First Peter chapter one and verse eighteen, for as much as you know that you were not redeemed with corruptible things as silver and gold from your vain conversation received by tradition from your father, but with the precious from your fathers, but with the precious blood of Christ as a lamb without blemish and without spot. And so the, this this Colossians two eight says, beware lest any man spoil you through philosophy, vain deceit after the tradition of men, after the rudiments of the world, and not after Christ. And so traditions have, here again, we, we if we go back to the original, and here I'm not trying to do this to hurt you, I'm not trying to do, I'm trying to do this to shock you in some ways, what I'm going to say next, but in the original, no one prayed to Jesus' mother Mary. Nobody did. Now, people listening on Holy Ghost Radio said that wasn't that phenomenal of a thing to say, but in Dickinson, North Dakota, it's, it's a hard thing to say. There's, 
There's uh, four giant Catholic churches in town, fine people. But nobody in the Bible, the apostles never prayed to Mary to intercede to Jesus for them. That's a tradition. That, that's a tradition. The, the uh, uh, baby infant sprinkling instead of immersion baptism is a tradition. That's not biblical. The word baptism itself means to immerse. Here again, if you're a pastor listening in Dickinson, North Dakota, um, and you want to be on the air with me and talk about baptism, for instance, I, I will welcome you on the air. It, it, we're not going to be argumentative and we won't be mean about it. But the reason I don't get any takers on this is because there's no way to, to there's no way to argue against it. There is no way to argue against it because the word baptism itself means to be immersed. And even in the Catholic history books, it tells where baptism was changed from immersion by the Catholic Church into sprinkling. I mean, this is in their own history. The ancient church, according to Catholic history, baptized by immersion in the name of Jesus. The ancient church did. So, so what am I saying? Like, is there a church... Uh, a church council that can change the word of God. You know, is there, I, there was a lady, I was at a funeral here uh, several years ago in a church in this area. It wasn't right in Dickinson. And this lady found out I was a pastor and she, I could tell she didn't have a good attitude towards that. She said, so what kind of pastor are you? And I said, I'm a Pentecostal. And she looked at me and she said, so how old is your church? And I said, it's about 2000 years old. I said, it's the same one that Peter started on the day of Pentecost. I said, how old is your church? You know, and, and her church, I think, was started in about 800 A.D. That's pretty old. But why not go back to the original church? I'm kind of skipping ahead here, but tradition can be good, but also tradition can be very subtle and deceptive. Um, you know, and each generation must look back past tradition and 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 get restored to the truth so they can have fellowship with Jesus Christ. This is a Tell it Like It Is radio show. Text me tonight, 701-290-7862, and we're going to move into Reformation next. When the king reigns, his people rejoice. All his people rejoice. When the king reigns, his people rejoice. All his people rejoice. When the king is reigning in your heart, And they all break forth with joy and gladness at the sounding of His voice. So let Him reign, reign, reign. Let Him reign down in your heart. Let Him reign, reign, reign in your heart. In your heart. When the sun shines. All his people rejoice When the sun shines His people rejoice All his people rejoice When the sun is shining in your heart His people rejoice And they all break forth with joy and gladness At the sounding of his voice So let him shine, shine, shine Shine down in your heart Let him shine 
rejoice. All his people rejoice. When the king reigns, his people rejoice. All his people rejoice. When the king is reigning in your heart, his people rejoice. And they all break forth with joy and gladness at the sounding of his voice. And when the sun shines, his people rejoice. All his people rejoice. When the sun shines, his people rejoice. All his people rejoice. When the sun is shining in your heart, his people rejoice. And they all break forth with joy and gladness at the sound of his voice. Let it rain, let it shine. Jesus Rain, Let Him Shine, that's an old song by Lance Appleton. May he rest in peace. Uh, he's passed away like two years ago. And I got I got kind of a neat, some neat Lance Appleton music I might be sharing with our listening audience. His son, after Lance died, uh, his son um, posted a whole bunch of stuff on the Internet, music that Lance Appleton just recorded in his home, just piano music, singing, uh, real instrumental stuff. And it, there's some really good stuff in that. And uh, I've got... It was free, and, and I've, I've got that. I might I might um, get that downloaded on our playlist. Uh, if you're just tuning in, tell it like it is radio broadcast. Pastor Bob Simons from Dickinson, North Dakota here. And how am I doing, Brother Chuppy? Brother Pastor Chuppy's listening in our Bismarck church. Now, I heard, I got somebody from his church just texted me and said, he, he preached exactly the same thing I'm doing the radio show on tonight. And then he texted me and said, what's going on with this? You know, so honestly, I didn't hear what you had said. I'm going to say you got it from me. That's what I'm going to say. He stole it from me. But uh, no, actually, he stole it from your brother-in-law, maybe, because I'm talking about some things we've been going over in our adult Bible class in church, too. Hello to Carl and Jeannie in uh, Michigan. Hey, hello to One-Armed Dave listening tonight. And uh, that's just, <laughs> he knows, that's how he, he, he texted me. I'm glad he's, he's listening from the jail tonight. I'm so glad that he is uh, listening, and he's been so faithful coming to those services. we got Zach and Leah out in Moorhead listening and um, talking in agreement with what I'm talking about. We're talking about where Jesus, if you're just tuning in, Jesus prayed that the disciples of the first century, the apostles, that we would be one in, in in that we would be one together in our beliefs that and that's that's what we're talking about today and what can stop sincere people that that want to know Jesus from being one with the apostles is tradition that's one of the things that can stop them and here again i hope what i said in that last segment i hope that you're not taking this in the wrong way and i somewhat said it to be shocking but you know the the early apostles never prayed or they never taught us to pray to people uh, or to have statues in our church or um, are the early apostles um, never uh, taught us um, like I said about that that the receiving the Holy Spirit happened when a minister laid his hands on you in confirmation 
You see, the there is a the Bible says they have a form of godliness, but denying the power thereof from such turn away. And that's exactly what's happened with so much because our tradition has taken away the uh, power of God from many, many churches. And now they just have a form of it. They talk about what God used to do. They read the Bible like God used to do miracles. But we still believe God still does miracles. And he can do a miracle in your life. So what hindered these sincere people from hearing the voice of Jesus today and being in true fellowship with him, number one, tradition. Number two, and I've got to move along, is reformation. You see, when when the tradition began to change the uh, the Christian church. Now, I will say this, that there's all, God has always had a true church. Historically, since the day of Pentecost, there's been a true church in this world. But the church that made the, the Los Angeles Times headlines, that church was not the true church. The church that, the, the political church was not the true church. And because of that, there was a lot of abuses going on in that church. Uh, one of the abuses, for instance, is they told, they made up a concept that there's a place called purgatory, which is not in the Bible. And then they said that your, your, your relatives would go to purgatory until they would, you know, pay kind of through a lot of suffering in purgatory. And then they would get out of purgatory and be able to go to heaven. But during the dark ages, the, the 1200s, 1300s, 1400s, this church, this political church came up with an idea, and they said if you give money to the church, you can get your relatives out of purgatory faster. Well, that that is so wrong that it's, I mean, it's just so wrong, because if you really believe that and you thought your mother or father were suffering in purgatory, what price wouldn't you pay to get them out of there quicker? I mean, you'd sell your farm, you'd do whatever. I mean, money doesn't mean anything if your mom or dad are squirming in purgatory. So so this was a terrible teaching, and this was just one of the many teachings that tradition had crept into the church. And there was a man named Martin Luther that said, that's wrong. And one day he, he tacked a list of 95 things on this church wall, this church door in Germany, and that was the beginning of a lot of trouble for him in his life. This is, and, and this is, kind of one of the main um, things of the Reformation. Uh, the, the Reformation that the church, this, this church that had been changed by tradition, needed to, to be reformed. And I'm going to say that Reformation is just as bad as tradition because Reformation never goes back to, to the point where it needs to. Reformation just reforms certain parts of the church but but it's still based on things that are wrong. The the reformers didn't do away with infant baptism, for instance. Even though Martin Luther knew that the early church baptized adults by immersion, he felt like the church had the authority to change baptism to infant infant uh, sprinkling instead of baptism. You see, reformation can be just about as dangerous as tradition, or if not even more so, because Reformation seems to give us this good feeling that we're going towards truth, but it's not good enough. It's not It's not um, close enough to the truth. What we really need, and this is what I really want to get to tonight, 
is we don't want to operate by tradition. We don't want to operate through reformation. And here again, all the great reformers, uh, Luther, Calvin, Wesley, um, uh, you could say Spurgeon maybe even. You could say a lot of these reformers, they had truth that they preached. The, the Methodist revivals under the Wesley brothers um, possibly saved our nation in the early 1800s, actually saved our nature, nation from, from immorality, uh, debauchery, uh, just drunkenness. Uh, I mean, the, the, the Methodist revival was a, was a tremendous um, boost to the morality of the United States. But John Wesley didn't go far enough. Even though there were Wesley, Wesleyan people and Methodist people that did receive the baptism of the Holy Ghost, but it wasn't promoted, it wasn't taught. What we really need is restoration, not reformation. We need to be restored to the early church. Every idea, every religious idea in the world needs to be scrutinized through the scripture itself. Jesus said in the book of Matthew, I think seven times or five times, Jesus said, you have heard it said this, but I say unto you this. Like Jesus said, you've heard it said that thou shalt not commit adultery. But I say unto you, even if you look at a woman with adultery in your mind, you've already committed adultery. What was Jesus' point? Jesus' point was that, that there's a way that seems right, there's a way that sounds right, but but you've got to, there's, every, you know, the Bible said, be not conformed to this world, but be transformed by the renewing of your mind in Romans chapter 12. And so restoration is where we're at. The, 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 the basis of fellowship with Jesus is, is, is truth, and we need to be restored back to the early apostles and what they believed. Okay, here's here's my question, and you know, I, sometimes I wished we wouldn't have changed from that. To, we used to have an hour and a half on the radio, now we're at an hour. And certain times, at times for for things just like this, topics like this, I really wished I had just a little more time, but I don't. But this this um, this concept of restoration. My question today is, how did it ever change in the first place? Like, well, how did, how did the truth get changed? Well, we talked about tradition, not going back to the original, but the Apostle Paul said that a little leaven leaveneth the whole lump. And so it is possible, and this, this portion of it, I might be directing to you that are listening on Holy Ghost Radio tonight a little bit. Of course, everybody can listen to this. But is it possible for people who believe the message and love holiness to be influenced in the wrong direction? Was it the the disciples of the apostles began to be influenced in the wrong direction? So wouldn't it be possible for the disciples of the disciples of the apostles to be influenced? You see, when when Paul said a little leaven leaveneth the whole lump, I I I think of Jude Jude verses three and four, where Jude said, "Beloved, when I gave all diligence to write unto you of the common salvation." So apparently Jude had written them before, and he said there was this. He, he said, "I was diligent." I I was trying hard, common salvation, like we all believe the same thing. The early church all believed the same thing. The early church didn't have Baptists, Methodists. It didn't have, you know, Presbyterians or, or uh, Catholics. You know, you were either part of that church or you weren't. And that was because of the influence of the apostles. Now, did they have people trying to change it? Yes, they did. But, but Jude said at that time there was something called the common salvation. And I am telling you 
that we need to find out what that is because that's what we need to believe. And then he goes on to say Jude in Jude 3, it, it was needful for me to write unto you and exhort you that you should earnestly contend for the faith which was once delivered unto the saints. And so we have to find out what this was, what this belief system was that the early church had, and then we need to earnestly contend for it. Like, like as a pastor, there are two things that I have set my mind to do. Number one is everybody is welcome to our church in Dickinson, North Dakota, the United Pentecostal Church, the New Life Pentecostal Church. Everybody is welcome. I don't care how many tattoos you have. I don't care uh, how many times you've been married. I don't care how many times you've been in prison. I don't care what. You're, you're welcome to or come to our church. I don't care if you're homosexual. I don't care if what you've ever done. I've, I, it doesn't matter to me. You're welcome to our church. And you know what? When you show up, you're going to be treated really well, and people will be very glad to see you. That That's just the way it is. We've got a great church. That's number one. Number two is just as important, that I have no right to change what God said in his word. And because of that, it's not the people in our church that will make you not come, but it might be the preaching in our church and the word of God that would cause you to either make a decision not to come back or to keep coming. Because I have no right to change this salvation that was once delivered to the saints. Now notice in verse 4 of Jude where he said, For there are certain men that crept in unawares. Okay, I want to just zero in on that. This is how the early church was corrupted. They let certain people come in, and and they didn't even know they came in, and bring in these different ideas. In their day, it was different ideas, some Judaizers, their, their ideas. There were Greeks that were bringing in all kinds of weird ideas to Christianity. Uh, and then, of course, we see later in, in the 2nd and 3rd century where even the Roman religion infiltrated Christianity. And I mean, it's, it's an amazing thing. Uh, if you ever read about, like, even the, the holidays that we call Christian now and where the Easter bunnies come from and all those things. I mean, that's all from paganism. Uh, the worship of Mary was, came in through the worship of, of the, the, uh, the female gods, uh, the, you know, the worship of Diana, all those things. That all came in during that time. But you see, this creeping in unawares, this is where we as a church need to be so strong. We, we need to be loving to people, but we can't ever be, if we're gonna be grouchy and firm about anything, it's about what the truth says. You know, like, like I'll love you no matter what, but I'm still gonna tell you five times five is 25. And it, and you say, well, I don't believe it is. I, I believe it's 24. Well, you know what? Then you're wrong because it's 25. And I'm not humble about this. Now, the Bible says that we need to be humble. So what does that mean? Well, we need to be humble about who we are. We're just humans. You know, we're full, we have a lot of flaws. We're, we're not perfect. We, we, um, and, and if you start thinking you are, then you're really not. I mean, we, we've, we're full of flaws. We've got this human, we don't even know our own heart. So how could we even make any good decisions sometimes without the Word of God? But I don't have to be humble about the truth. I'm a flawed human, but you still need to get baptized in the name of Jesus. And and so you say, well, I think you're flawed, Pastor Bob. You know, you put siding on my house and it fell off. How can you know anything? Well, you know, if I put siding on your house and it fell off, call me and I'll fix it. But that has nothing to do with the truth. You see, the truth is 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 the truth that stands all by itself. We need to be vigilant about 
about truth. Look at that word. They came in, these men crept in unawares, and they started teaching things. In Matthew 13, 25, Jesus was telling a story about about some tares, some weeds that were growing up with the wheat. And what happened here? Well, Jesus said that an enemy sowed these tares in with the wheat, like they actually planted these weeds with the wheat. But notice what Jesus said, while men slept, an enemy came in and sowed tares amongst the wheat. You see, this is the problem. This is the reason. This this is the, the reason that churches that are worth anything make a big deal about doctrine. I am so tired of people that don't know anything saying, well, we don't want to go to a church that preaches doctrine. Well, the word doctrine means teaching, and every church preaches doctrine. Um, if you say, well, my church doesn't preach doctrine, text me and say, my church doesn't preach doctrine. Uh, text me the name of your church. Tell me so, sometime I can come to a service where I won't miss mine, and I'll come to your church, and I'll find out all kinds of things they preach and teach. Because doctrine simply means teaching. We need to preach and teach the apostles' doctrine. That's what we need to do. And so, uh, notice in Second Peter chapter 2, verse 1 and 2, it says, but there were false prophets among among the people back then, even as there so shall be false teachers among you, who privately shall bring in damnable heresies. Privately, that word means secretly. Like, there are people that will secretly begin to change the truth of the Word of God. Like, like for instance, in John chapter 1, the Gospel of John, this is what it says. In the beginning was the Word, and the Word was with God, and the Word was God. The same was in, the, was in the beginning with God. All things were created by Him, and without Him, nothing was created that was created. That's John 1, 1 through 3. And I was just quoting it, so I might not got it just perfect, but I think I got it pretty close. The New World Translation, the Jehovah Witness Translation, says this. In the beginning was the Word, and the Word was with God, and the Word was a God. They added just a little word, a, in there. And they decapitalized God. And so what they were teaching is that Jesus wasn't really God, or the Word wasn't God, but that he was a God, like a lesser version of God. But you see how subtle that changes? Well, let me, let me take you to the Living Bible of John chapter 1, which is just a paraphrase, it's not a translation. It says, in the beginning was Christ, and Christ was with God, and Christ was God. That's a terrible translation of that verse. Because the word logos or logos is a word that we translate word. It means to express oneself. Just like right now, right now, you are listening to a radio or a phone or a computer. And my voice is coming out of that, out of your receiver. My voice and I, I could say in the beginning was the voice of Bob. You know, I mean, because in the beginning, when I when I was born, I, I had a voice. I probably cried at the hospital. And the voice of Bob was with Bob. And the voice of Bob was Bob. <laughs> you see, this is what this means. The reason I brought this up, not that it wouldn't be a great radio program to talk about John chapter 1, but the, the, the thing that I'm saying is, is there are people that are are secretly changing or trying to change the Word of God to meet up with their doctrine. 
I will tell you right up front, one of the reasons in the English Bible, I like the King James Version. I do read other versions of the Bible. Sometimes I'll read a version that is a paraphrase just to get a story of it. But the reason I like the King James Version, and I'll tell you why, it wasn't translated because the Baptists wanted to prove a point, and it wasn't translated because the Jehovah Witnesses wanted to prove a point, and it wasn't translated because the Evangelicals wanted to prove a point. It was translated because King James wanted a, a Bible in English so that they could break away from the Roman Church. That's what, why it was translated. Because up till then it was against the law to have a Bible. And so these seven groups of seven scholars that each came up with their own translation and then all seven groups came together and, and, and hashed it out and, and, uh, battled and fought and they came up with what's called the King James Version. Possibly the very best English version of the, a translation of the Bible because it didn't have ulterior motives mixed in with it. It, it, it wasn't trying to prove a doctrine. It was just taking original language and translating it. And yeah, it is a little hard to understand sometimes. But I really think, and this is just my belief, that you need to use it as, read your other Bible if you want to, but use the King James Version as the authority of what it means. And so, and so this, this, uh, uh, and I hope I didn't confuse you by digressing to John 1, because I didn't want to confuse you, but what I wanted to say is, is that uh, John 1 says exactly what it's supposed to say. In the beginning was the Word. It, it didn't say in the beginning was Jesus, or it didn't say in the beginning was Christ, and it didn't say, it said in the beginning was the Word. In other words, in the beginning, God expressed Himself. There is this Spirit of God that's ununderstandable, you can't understand it, and God gave expression to the, un, the, uh, the non-understandable. And this expression was with God, you know, because it, just like my voice is with me, and this expression was God, of course, it's the same thing, you know, it's just, it's just, and then in John 1 and 14, and it says, and the word became flesh and dwelt among us. And so the word, this expression of God became a man. And that's who Jesus is. Jesus is the visible image of the invisible God. He is the express image of his person. I think that's taken in the book of Hebrews. He's the express image of his person. And so and so this this concept that we have to go back and agree with the apostles is so important. You know, um I'm not sure how to how to finish this tonight. I don't think I will be able to necessarily finish it. But uh Seth, why don't you give out a little information about our broadcast tonight? All right, well, this is the Tell Like It Is radio broadcast. We're on every Sunday night from 8.06 uh, to 9.06 Mountain Time, right here from Dickinson, North Dakota. We're from the New Life Pentecostal Church. We're located at 105 7th Avenue West. Again, the New Life Pentecostal Church, 105 7th Avenue West. Next service is going to be Wednesday evening at 7.30 p.m. You are invited. If you need a ride, uh, you can give us a call. Church phone number 701 264 Seven eight six two, or you can email us Robert Simons fifty eight at gmail dot com. Sunday mornings ten o'clock a.m. Sunday school. We have adult and children's Sunday schools. Eleven o'clock is our worship service on Sunday morning. And uh, if you want to get a hold of us um, tonight during the show, if you have any more questions or comments, give us a text tonight seven zero one two nine zero seven eight six two. Again, text us 701-290-7862, or you can call us in studio seven zero one two two five five one three three. 
If you're out of country, you can email us any questions or comments at robertsimons58 at gmail.com. And um, as I said, maybe some of that last segment was for my Holy Ghost radio listeners tonight, but be careful who your teachers are. We really need to be. Second John 9, verse 9 says, Whosoever transgresseth and abideth not in the doctrine of Christ hath not God. He that abideth in the doctrine of Christ, he hath both the Father and the Son. And if there come unto any unto you and bring not this doctrine, of course that's the doctrine of Christ, receive him not into your house, neither bid him Godspeed. For he that biddeth him Godspeed is partaker of his evil deeds. The doctrine of Christ, what is the doctrine of Christ? Paul said in Hebrews chapter 6, he said, the doctrine of Christ, he said in, in uh, chapter 6 and verse 6, he said the doctrine of Christ is the foundation is repentance, faith towards God, the doctrine of baptisms, that's water and spirit baptism, the laying on of hands, the resurrection of the dead, eternal judgment. This is the doctrine of Christ. And if people don't at least preach that, they shouldn't be teaching you. And uh, and I don't know why you're going to their church. You know, this um this is this is this is pretty serious stuff here. I mean it really is. This is we don't want we don't need a watered down message. Now I know that we're not gonna all agree on everything, I know that. But I'll tell you when it comes to the doctrine of Christ that was laid out in Hebrews chapter six, we've gotta be careful. We really have to be careful. In First John 4 and 6, uh, John said, We are of God. He that knoweth God heareth us. He that is not of God heareth us not. <laughs> Hereby know we the spirit of truth and the spirit of error. John, You know what John was saying? If you listen to what I'm telling you, he said you've got the spirit of truth. If you don't listen to what the apostles are telling you, you've got the spirit of error. That's what he was saying. You could either agree with us and be right or disagree with us and be wrong. That's what John said. Paul said in 1 Corinthians, he said, If any man thinks himself to be a prophet or spiritual, let him acknowledge that the things that I write unto you are the commandments of the Lord. But if any man wants to be ignorant, let him be ignorant. You know, if like you want to be stupid, if you don't want to believe the truth, that's up to you. But Paul said, you better agree with me. This is the apostle saying this. That's why it's so important that you don't go back to your church doctrine. Don't go back to your to your your council of Nicaea. Go back to Paul. Go back to John. Go back to Peter. That's who you need to go back to. I've got a few minutes. I'll try this. You guys are too kind, you texters that are telling me you like my singing. But anyway, I'm going to pretend like I believe it. Because uh, you don't need much to encourage a guitar player. Really, you don't. I got a call one evening many years ago. It's about 38 now. From someone who I didn't know real well. He asked if I was ready to come out from among them. He told me he would save my soul from hell. And I was called out, called out to be holy, called out, called out of this world, called out. A new life lay before me, I was called out to Him. 
Well, my life was full of sin when Jesus called me in. He had a plan to wash those sins away. Baptized in Jesus' name in the apostolic way. His blood washed away each stain. And I was called out, called out to be holy, called out, called out of this world, called out, a new life lay before me, I was called out to Him, but it didn't seem to me. I could live in victory He had a plan So I could do that too I spoke in other tongues When the Holy Ghost came in The gift He gave to me He'll give to you That's the gift of the Holy Ghost And I was called out Called out to be holy Called out, called out of this world, called out, a new life lay before me, I was called out to Him. Lord Jesus, tonight as we close this broadcast, God, I pray that you help us, Lord, not to be satisfied with tradition, not to be satisfied with reformation. But, God, that we would be restored to the belief, the miracles, the powers, the power, God, of the early church and what you had intended for your church to be. We just pray in the name of Jesus. Bring us to that place and that your prayer would be answered tonight, that we would be one. Jesus' name. God bless you, folks. Good night. Be back next week for another Tell It Like It Is radio show. You are my Lord. Have you always wanted to have a program on the radio? If you can talk on the phone, you can have your very own program on Holy Ghost Radio 2. You can produce your program or we can help you produce it. For more information, tap on the ad panel on our app or contact us through our website, www.holyghostradio.com. The preceding program was brought to you by an independent producer. The opinions expressed on the program do not necessarily reflect those of the staff, management, or ownership of Holy Ghost Radio.